secondary sideline i'm your host tara gillespie and today we're going to be looking at week one of the 2023 nfl season i am recording this on september 14th 2023 which means that it's secondary sideline's first birthday so with that being said i just want to take the opportunity to thank you guys so much for listening for the past year and i hope we have many more birthdays to come as long as you'll have me now a lot has happened only one week into the season so let's go ahead and get right into it we're going to start off with our biggest games, upsets, and rivalries, starting off week one strong with Thursday Night Football. The Lions beat the Super Bowl reigning champions 21-20 to at Arrowhead Stadium. Now, despite their performance, it wasn't really the offense that gave Detroit their win over the Chiefs. Their third down efficiency was only 33.3%, and the offense only scored two touchdowns. However, one was by former Bears running back David Montgomery. We obviously missed the presence of Travis Kelsey, who was out for week one due to a knee injury, but is it too quick to say that Kansas City might be nearing the end of their era? Something you guys will quickly learn about me is that if a team looks slightly off during week one, I'm entirely guilty of writing them off for the whole season, and then it never works out in my head. Unless, of course, it's the Bengals, and then I defend them if they're my firstborn, which you'll see in a couple minutes. But I just want to highlight that this game is important because it allows teams in the AFC to have slight advantage over the reigning champions when it comes to later playoff games if they did win this week. But yeah, I'm curious to see how they go from here, and I just want to say that having the Chiefs off to a rocky start does provide hope for a lot of teams. With that, let's go to our next one, which had zero hope at all when the Cowboys beat the Giants in a 40-0 game. Not good, but I've said this time and time again, the Cowboys defense talked about them a lot last year. Clearly they are back and better than ever. Daniel Jones was sacked seven times compared to the zero times that Dak Prescott was. But again, how indicative of the season is this game? The New York Times came out with an article that gave more than a few examples of where this happened in past years and how that team was able to recover with a perfectly respectable season. I will say, though, I would not be too upset with an undefeated Cowboy run over the next couple weeks, and I could definitely see that happening with what I saw with the defense. Next, we're going to go to the dreaded Bears vs. Packers, 38-20, and I'm sure you can guess who won. It is our ninth straight loss against Green Bay. Nothing exactly new here. Fields didn't do quite as well as expected. He was missing some open targets and threw a pick six. But of course, you can't blame him without also looking at the offensive line, who just didn't look good either. The coaching didn't look good. I think the best way to describe this would just be dysfunction. And then our last big game of the week, the Battle of Ohio, Bengals versus Browns, when the Bengals lost to the Browns 24-3, to and Joe Burrow threw for a whopping 83 yards, a new career low. This is actually the 100th meeting between the two AFC North rivals, and the Browns have won 9 of the past 11 meetings against the Bengals, which was really shocking for me. I thought with recent years the Bengals would definitely have more wins, but no. To talk about this game specifically, it was just another offense all aboard the struggle bus. Burrow targeted wide receiver T. Higgins eight times with zero receptions. And for those who have T. Higgins in fantasy, you probably already know that he stood out with a 0.0 on your roster. But Burrow didn't seem concerned at all post-game. He said that no one is panicking. And honestly, I feel like this is a typical 
Bengals trajectory. They don't really stand out until week five and then pop out when no one's expecting them to. Next, I'm going to introduce the three must-see plays from the week where I tell you the three visually coolest plays to see from each week. The top spot goes to Garrett Wilson. On Monday night, the Jets played the Bills in a close game. The Jets needed a touchdown to score when Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson caught the ball in the most unexpected way. I don't even think I could even describe it well. The ball was coming his way. He blocked it down with his right hand and then caught it at a lower angle with the same hand. And I was watching it from my dorm on Monday night, um, but the website I use is a little, like, lagging with timing. I could hear my neighbors screaming at the top of their lungs at something, and then 30 seconds later I saw the catch, and I knew I had to include it in these plays. The next must-see play happened when Kansas City was 3rd and 6th, and Mahomes threw the ball. It deflected out of the receiver's hand, and Lions safety Brian Branch got right under it and returned it for his first NFL touchdown. The third spot goes to Calvin Ridley, who caught Trevor Lawrence's bullet of a pass, which caused two Colts defenders to collide into each other. So I definitely recommend going to watch those three plays if you have the time this week. Next is our injury report, and I was told to say, Roger, Roger, we have a problem, but I can't say it without laughing. Aaron Rodgers tore his Achilles four snaps into his debut in New York, and I know this contradicts everything I've said on this podcast, but, like, why do I feel bad? Like, it's sad. And it takes a hit on this content of the podcast if I can't make fun of him every week. So, I don't know. It just, it's tough to see, but I don't think retirement's in his future. So, I think next year we'll still be able to go on my roll. Next, J.K. Dobbins also tore his Achilles. The fourth-year running back who scored the game's first touchdown on a four-yard run. He will also miss the remainder of the season. And then our last two is running back Aaron Jones and wide receiver Deontay Johnson. Both have hamstring injuries and both have questionable timelines as to when they'll be back, but it's looked at to be short-term. Moving on, a new segment I wanted to include in our episodes was all about fantasy football, my teams, and any advice I can give to those who are also playing in a league this year. I am in three leagues this year, one with my family and two with coworkers. Funnily enough, I lost all three this week. Regardless, I'm going to start off by introducing you to my fantasy football team with my cousins, the Travers League. My name for this team is I Miss Joe Burrow because he is no longer my quarterback this year. Who is my quarterback, you may ask? Maybe you're thinking Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes? No. It's Kenny Pickett because we had an auction draft and I was trying to up his value a little bit and then I got stuck with the Steelers quarterback for $6. To be fair though, he did put up more points than Joe Burrow, so maybe we can call it an investment. My wide receivers are Justin Jefferson and A.J. Brown, and my running backs were Miles Sanders and J.K. Dobbins, but I'll have to replace him due to his recent injury, which sucks because he gave me almost 10 points before he was rolled out. My other star players are D.K. Metcalf, Dallas Goder, and Jahan Dotson. So I'm not entirely upset with my roster, despite me currently being ninth in the league. Also, for some reason, only one person in our league exceeded 100 points this week, but I feel like a lot of people online have also said their team's performance was very hit or miss, so I'm not going to panic. I have come in second place two years in a row for this league, and I think third time's a charm with my fearless leader, Kenny Pickett. Next, we're going to look at our Instagram interactions. This week, I asked our Instagram followers some win-lose favorites, five games, one of which was Iowa-Iowa State, and no one got five out of five, or even four out of five, I don't think. Only one person out of 20 chose the Browns over the Bengals, and 14 people chose the Vikings over the six people that chose the Buccaneers. But honestly, I can't even blame the followers. A lot of these matchups did not go as anticipated. Stay tuned for next week because we're going to have some open-end questions, and if they're good enough, 
they may just be featured on the podcast. Now we're going to look at profile of the week in which I highlight one player that I want to call attention to for that week. Our first spotlight is actually going to be rewarded to Baker Mayfield, the new starting quarterback for the Buccaneers. I think anyone who is watching the Bucks vikings game is paying close attention to the post-Tom Brady age, what that would look like, and I think that Mayfield exceeded the expectation of him. I mean, obviously he still has those receivers, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, but he looked good on the field, and I hope we can see him succeed this year after all of the trades slash lack of playing time that he's seen. Dare I say, Baker baked. Dare I further say, Baker ate. (laughs) Next, we're going to look at any drama or socially relevant news from the week. We're somewhat lacking with tea this week, but I think there's a couple topics worth mentioning. First, Joe Burrow signed a five-year, $275 million deal, which made him the highest paid player in NFL history. I feel like I get that notification every couple months, but still, good job, Joe Burrow. And then he played his career worst on Sunday, so the jokes on social media are practically writing themselves. What's interesting, though, is that T. Higgins has not been extended by the Bengals, so this could possibly be his last year in Cincinnati. And another unknown contract deal is Mike Evans, who similarly might be playing his last year in Tampa Bay. In other news, blue ski masks have been sold out on Amazon after C.J. Gardner-Johnson asked the Lions fans to wear them on Sunday's home opener. So... Turn on your TVs for the Lions game, because this might be actually something that you want to see. And now we're going to end off with our Hawkeye update, as promised. We've had two games and two wins under our belt thus far. First, Iowa played Utah State and won 24-14. The new starting quarterback out of Michigan, Cade McNamara, made his debut, his first throw being a 36-yard touchdown pass to Seth Anderson. But then gradually throughout the game, it seemed like the Hawkeyes were slowly running out of gas, and it just generally became a slower game. Iowa's ground game wasn't anything to write home about, but Utah State also didn't have that much defensive film to provide. The one thing we do know thus far is that our offensive line is solid. Then, last week we played Iowa State and won 20-13, which gave Kirk Ferentz his 200th win. It was a little rocky at the end there, I will say, but the Hawkeyes were able to leave with the Cyhawk trophy, no problem. This upcoming Saturday, we will play Western Michigan at home, And if we have any problems beating Western Michigan, then we have way more to talk about for next week's episode. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to Secondary Sideline. Let me know how you like this new format, and I will see you next week.